content warning, we discuss the possibility of non-consensual sexual sadism at around uh, the 1430 mark. Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read a page of The Wise Man's Fear, and then we talk about it. This is page 496. Buckle up, this one's gonna hurt. Some sort of witless farm girl. I know things they don't teach at your precious university. Secret things. I'm not an idiot. You're acting like an idiot. I shouted so loudly the words hurt my throat. You won't shut up long enough to listen to me. I'm trying to help you. Denna sat in the center of a chilly silence. Her eyes were hard and flat. That's what it's all about, isn't it? She said coldly. Her fingers moved in her hair, every flick of her fingers stiff with irritation. She untied her braids, smoothed them out, then absentmindedly retied them in a different pattern. You hate that I won't take your help. You can't stand that I won't let you fix every little thing in my life. Is that it? Well, maybe someone needs to fix your life, I snapped. You've made a fair mess of it so far, haven't you? She continued to sit very still, her eyes furious. What makes you think you know anything about my life? I know you're so afraid of anyone getting close that you can't stay in the same bed four days in a row, I said, hardly knowing what I was saying anymore. Angry words poured out of me like blood from a wound. I know you live your whole life burning bridges behind you. I know you solve your problems by running. What makes you think your advice is worth one thin sliver of a damn anyway? Denna burst out. Half a year ago, you had one foot in the gutter, hair all shaggy and only three raggedy shirts. There isn't a noble in a hundred miles of Imra that would piss on you if you were on fire. You had to run a thousand miles to have a chance of a patron. My face burned with shame at her mention of my three shirts, and I felt my temper flare hot again. You're right, of course, I said scathingly. You're much better off. I'm sure your patron would be perfectly happy to piss on you. Now we get to the heart of it, she said throwing her hands up in the air. You don't like my patron because you could get me a better one. You don't like my song because it's different from the one you know. She reached for her harp case, her movements stiff and angry. You're just like all the rest. I'm trying to help you. You're trying to fix me, Dennis said crisply as she put away her harp. You're trying to buy me, to arrange my life. You want to keep me like I'm your pet, like I'm your faithful dog. I'd never think of you as a dog, I said, giving her a bright and brittle smile. A dog knows how to listen. A dog has sense enough not to bite a hand that's trying to help. Our conversation spiraled downward from there. That's the page, and I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. Oh, that page does hurt. Like, oh, it burns so badly. It's so, so difficult to, like, hear it, to read it. It's just ruthless, but also written incredibly well. <laughs> yeah, it's like being, like, you know, in a different room while your parents are fighting and, like, yelling oh. at each other. And uh, just, like, Jeremy, wanting to... that's too real. <laughs> You're right. It's like, it's because, you know, your parents, much like Quoth, you know, if they really get into it, then they know all the things they, that to say that will hurt the most because there's something true in them. Right. Like as, and like a perfect example on this page is that Quoth burns with shame when Denna mentions his three shirts, because even though Quoth doesn't spell out the fact that he's ashamed of the fact that he's, you know, so 
destitute that he only has three shirts to his name. Like he knows that he's poor. Everyone else knows that he's poor and everyone else has the good grace not to point it out. But that doesn't mean that he's not like, you know, that it doesn't rankle at him, that he's not ashamed of it. And of course, Denna knows that too, because she knows him as well as anybody. So when she decides that she wants to really twist the knife, she knows what to say. Yeah, it's all heightened to the max here. On the previous page, we had the same thing of the the things that are true being said. But now we're getting to the things that really hurt the most because they're the most true. Uh, It's been posited that Denna is doing some kind of magic with her hair. Uh, when she unties her braid, smooths it, smooths it out, and then, quote-unquote, absentmindedly, reties them into a different pattern. That is uh, important, I think, the fact that it's a notably a different pattern here. And it's been posited that the reason that the words spill out of Quoth like blood from a wound at this point are not just that he's angry, but because Denna has done something. Denna has, has made a braid that said, speak your mind or have no filter, or something that makes it happen. I mean, he was sort of headed that direction anyway, though. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I don't know how I feel about it, because I want Quoth to have a weakness of character that he would get this angry. And it's like not, you know, I don't think it's totally unreasonable. Like we have fights with the people we love, uh, you know, and as we've said many times, especially coming up to this part in the book, it's no fun to have a character who behaves perfectly all the time. So I, I find no, you know, aside from the fact that they are both hurting their loved ones, I, I can't really find fault with their behavior here. It's, you know, it's, it's disappointing, but it's not problematic. But what I'm getting at is that I find that more interesting than if there is magic being done. So often Quoth is forced to, um, is forced to make a mistake. So often Quoth is forced to, uh, a state of weakness by a poisoning, by magic, by being tired, uh, by being wounded. Um, and so he often has some deniability. And here on the page, he doesn't take any deniability. He seems to be feeling responsible for it. And I I don't think I would like it as much if it is in fact true that Denna has done some magic to make him uh, have no filter here. I'd, I'd prefer that this is all honest fighting. So my crackpot theory for this page is that she's trying to do not magic and it doesn't work. And we're not going to find out that she, like, I think that she's trying to do something with her hair and she's trying to affect his behavior, um, like with her knots. But I, I think it's failing. I think whatever she's doing, it's not working. That's an interesting theory. Can I interrogate it a little bit? Go for it. Well, what do you think she's trying to do? I think she's trying to stop the fight in her favor. Like, I think that maybe the knots should say something like side with me or back off. Um, Mm. But it's obviously not working. And okay. That's an interesting idea. My follow-up question is why do you think it's not working? Because his behavior doesn't show that he's siding with her or backing off. Mm. But I mean, what if she was asking him, as Nick said, to like, speak your mind, right? I think him speaking her mind doesn't make sense as a choice to benefit her. Because like that, that like, I don't know that that would really like end the fight or or put her in a better place. Like it doesn't necessarily benefit her to have Kfos speak his mind because at this point he's kind of already done it. So you you think she's trying to use her yellowish not magic to like win the fight 
Okay. That's an, that's an interesting reading of her character that uh, would not have occurred to me. Because but not I, necessarily to win it, but like to end it so that it doesn't end badly for her. So like it doesn't need to be a win as much as it needs to be an end. Because hmm. like this scene feels to me, you know, absent of any magic, this scene just feels to me like these are simmering resentments and bad feelings that these characters have both had for so long that once they start talking about them, in some sense, neither of them wants to stop. You know, once that floodgate is open, it's like, all right, let's just have it out. Let's just say every nasty thing we've ever thought about the other person uh, because that's what we're doing now. So, But they were going to do that anyway. Like, it makes no sense that Denna would create a braid to to force that. Like, it was already happening. Right, but it also doesn't make sense to me that she would try to stop it. Well, then it could be neither of those things, but I don't think that it's her trying to, like, I just, I think it, what I don't we can agree, agree is that, hmm? I think we can agree that she's doing something here. That Yeah, it's, well, she's definitely doing important. something. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's significant that she's she has retied them in a different pattern. Like, I think if if this was just nervous fidgeting, which we know Denna has, is prone to do, uh, then Rothfuss, the author, wouldn't be mentioning here that they're retied in a different pattern. I think that is significant. Unless, uh, unless of course, this is all just a case of fans taking a perfectly innocuous piece of blocking and blowing it way out of proportion. I think this would be totally innocuous, except for the fact that we keep hearing about Yellow Schnauts. Den has been studying Yellow Schnauts. We encounter Yellow Schnauts in the archives. Uh, Den is looking for a way of writing down, of making things true by writing things down without using words. Like, I think it's all, it's all related. It's not just a bit of dressing. It, there's too much happening in the background. Plus, on the top of the page, Denna talks about knowing secret things. And then, like, think about her, her, uh, her thought process here. She goes, you don't think I know anything. You think you're so great because you know magic. Well, I know things too. I know things you don't know. I know secret things. I'm not an idiot. He goes, you're acting like an idiot. And she goes, oh, you think I'm an idiot? And then she she does it, right? Like, you know, maybe she's, this has been her ace in the hole all along. And she's like, I won't do this to Quoth. I do this to everybody, maybe. You know, this is, I know this is wrong to influence people with my magic, but I won't do it to Quoth. And now she goes, all right. You know, she's so mad now that, that she does it. And maybe it backfires on her when Quoth uh, gets even more nasty after she does it. Like I, I think it all, it all makes sense, and I also think that it is in keeping with the new view we have of Denna on this read as someone with an extremely uh, rich uh, inner life and uh, life off of the page in the background of this story. I and and like thinking about the motivations. I think that Rothfuss, in the same way, he considers every single one of Quoth's motivations with every single word he speaks. Uh, I think uh, Rothfuss does the same thing with Denna. Uh, so I think that is on display here. I, I completely agree with everything you said. And there are a couple of uh, branches I want to, to, to add on to the, the tree of knowledge here. Uh, first being that um, I think it was uh, the comic book writer, Matt Fraction. I read this advice from, but I'm sure other people have said it too. Like, when you're writing a story, you have to try to consider everybody's interiority, not just your main characters. No matter how minor the character is, you want to try and consider like, what are they after? What are they thinking? What motivates them? And so I think that you're absolutely right that Rothfuss, Rothfuss is 
always conscious of Denna's interiority as one of the most important uh, non-cloth characters in the book. And I also like completely agree with your reading of like, like Denna's, your interpretation of Denna's uh, thought process leading up to her trying to use the magic on Quoth. And I also agree with you that I feel like it would cheapen the scene for me a little bit if it came out that Quoth behaves the way he does in this scene because he was under the influence of some spell. Um, because it is, it can feel a little bit cheap and a little bit like a crutch to have your characters only say what they're really thinking and feeling deep down when they are under the influence of some substance. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's kind of a cliche that, you know, when characters get drunk, they tell each other the truth or they're like, you know, they let their guards down. Um, and like, on the one hand, I think that's a useful device. But on the other hand, it can it can feel a little heavy handed and uh, and forced. And I think, the as you say, the power in this scene is more effective if it's just these characters showing human weakness. Yes, famously, I did not care for Guardians of the Galaxy when it first came out. Uh, I have softened on it somewhat, but I still maintain that uh, when it's time for them to start gelling as a team, uh, they just go off and get drunk. And there's a sequence where they all just like tell each other their motivations when they're drunk. Uh, and I, I didn't like that then, and I still don't like it. I think it's lazy. And I, I yeah, I think we both do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't have a specific problem with it in that film, but I do think that it would probably work better for you if there was more character work around it that, regrettably, there's just like not necessarily the time for if you have to have an action sequence every 20 minutes, which I think... Uh, is part of the Marvel formula. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit here because Quoth says something that I don't think I really clocked on previous reads, but he says something really filthy to Denna towards the bottom of this page. Oh yeah. And I was like, I feel like in previous reads, I would have, I would have been like, Oh, he's using it in the sense of like, you know, I wouldn't piss on you if you were on fire. But I actually don't know if that is the sense he he's saying that in. No, I 100% think that Quoth has uh, thinks that the patron is beating her to get off, which I'm not convinced that is true. But I think Quoth does, and he hasn't said that to us, the readers. Uh, but clearly, uh, I think that Quoth thinks that the patron is uh, is a masochist. Sorry, a sadist. Well, that but that's not what he's implying exactly. Well, like to hu- hurt and humiliate Denna is what he's saying. Well, my understanding is that what he's saying is that her patron wouldn't hesitate to treat her poorly. I think what he's saying is your patron probably pisses on you because he gets him off, which is not the same thing as being a sadist. Okay, fine. Well, I think in some, let's not quibble about the definition of kinks. And I'm sure there's kinksters right now who are howling in rage at me. Uh, for saying this, but I think we all kind of agree that that's what Quoth is saying, and it is filthy, and it is uh, also something I only clocked on this read. Yeah, he's like he's implying like sexual degradation, which is not a territory he's ever gone to before, right? He had he has yeah, in the past not had... one I associate with the character. Yeah, yeah, which I think just tells us how angry he is and how how sort of off the you know off the rails he's gone. I mean, I don't. I like. I mean, this is also just like me and my inability to read sexual stuff into anything half the time. But I don't see. I don't read it as a sexual thing. I just read it as him using a word that she used to show that her patron mistreats her. 
Right. So how do you think he's going to finish that sentence? He did finish that sentence, did he? No, not? he didn't. There's a dash. He's interrupted by Jenna. Mm. Right? So like, I think that in past reads, I would have finished, he would, I think that I would have read him as he was going to say, I'm sure your patron would be perfectly happy to piss on you if you were on fire. Yeah. Okay. But that's still like, that's the same. Like that's, to me, that's the same as if the sentence ended there or if it said, if you were on fire. Yes, exactly. But what I'm saying is because we don't know how the sentence ends, there is room to interpret it as something else. There's oh, room okay. to interpret it as something. I'm sure a patron would be perfectly happy to piss on I you. See. I, I just don't have enough imagination here. Off. I did not interpret it as anything else. <laughs> I interpreted it as exactly like a copy of what she was saying. <laughs> right. Well, and like this is an illustration of the importance of uh, of grammar to the meaning of a sentence. Because if that sentence, the real only reason that there is room for kind of an ambiguity there is because the 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 M dash tells us that he has like he didn't get to finish what he was going to say because she cuts him off. I really don't think there's any ambiguity. Like I uh, anyway, this <laughs> like the the sentence. This uh, whole stream uh, has been a uh, frustrating. And disruptive one. Uh, is there anything else to say on this page? Only that I think that she responds the way she does um, to that because, like, that's that's ultimately the thing that she's most afraid of him judging her for is the fact that she does sex work. And it's also the thing that she's the most afraid of, of quoth, that he's just like all the rest. Well, yeah, exactly. And, like, that's why she, she goes from being really angry or she goes from being like screaming angry to like furiously calm angry. I'm not sure which one I dislike more. They're both bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have a letter today. Mailbag. This is from this is from James, who writes on page four sixty nine, "The Wind and Silences." Hi, pagers. Greeting from the world beyond the tail. An excellent podcast that you should all listen to while we're on break. I hope this email finds you well. And uh, that's something I added. That was not something that James added. That's my my plug for the World Beyond the Tail podcast. Uh, while walking my dog and listening to your episode on page 469, I made a couple of mental notes that seem less significant now that I'm back home, but I haven't emailed in some time, so I'll persevere. Two lines stood out. Denna and I walked side by side, listening to the sigh of the wind through the leaves. And I said softly, not wanting to intrude upon the silence. I don't know if we're supposed to contrast this instance of silence and wind with previous instances, but given that two of the three books thus released have wind or silence in the title, not to mention the thematic resonance of the words, I was a bit surprised you didn't bring it up. That said, I've managed to type this much without saying much of anything at all, so perhaps it's a bit too surface and obvious to make it to the show. (laughs) Don't worry, it made it to the show. Regardless, your show has been a bomb over the last few years, and and every day there's a new episode, so it's a small joy that I treasure. Yours in wind and in silence, signed James. Well, uh, we're about to go on a break, so you're going to, uh, sadly, lose your bomb, your daily bomb, for a few more days. I love that sign-off. Yeah. <laughs> I think that uh, you are right, and that whenever there is wind and silence, or and or silence, it's, it's significant. I think that uh, it kind of speaks to the meditative nature of the, the naming state, the spinning leaf. Um, these things that are common throughout the various philosophies, I suppose, that are related to magic and naming in this book. 
Uh, and I think that when Denna is nearby, we get a lot of wind and silence and also the moon. So I think that there's a bit of a, there is some stigmatic resonance, as you say, uh, but any deeper meaning escapes me at this time. Yeah, I I feel like I don't have anything more cracked potted to add than that. That like it it if if nothing else, I think it is, as you say, a thematic resonance that the wind the wind is almost like another character in the story that uh is sort of accompanying or weaving in and out of Quoth's life in the same way that Denna is. Hmm. Thank you for writing, James. As I said, everyone, listen to the World Beyond the Tale podcast while we're on break. That's right. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow for the last episode before the break. Another page. Of the Wind.